Hi everyone, welcome to the Yam Podcast. My name is Nala Halfman and I am going to be your host. I don't really have a lot to say today because we are on part two of Mona Greens. Let's just get right into it. Woohoo! Yeah, then the doctor checked me again and they did a membrane sweep. So that, yeah, and then so after that, a, a couple of hours after that, I got a contraction. And so in Thailand, after your water breaks, they would try to, like, you should give birth within 18 hours. At that point, I was already like 50 something hours. After my amniotic fluid, um, yeah, after my water broke. And, but they didn't know that. And otherwise, <laughs> they would have cut me. They didn't know that. And so I, then they took me to get ready. They did the swab, the COVID swab. And then they let me wait. And because I asked not to use pitocin. And so they let me like wait and try to like get, have contractions on my own. But it wasn't getting as intense enough. So finally, they said they are going to have some pitocin. So then they gave me pitocin at that point. Oh, and by the way, one of the downside of this hospital, and it's a public hospital, and public hospitals, they don't allow your spouse to be there and nobody. So I was there on my own. I was all alone. And that's one of the reasons why we didn't want to go there because we wanted to be together. But maybe there's a wisdom in me being by myself there as well. <laughs> so I was on the phone with my friend who would like who I shared at the beginning. So she was with me that whole night. And the con- and after the pitocin, the contraction was so intense. And I like time just passed. I was admitted at 1 p.m. on the 18th. And then after that, the doctor had the pitocin on at night. And then it got intense and it was so difficult. They didn't, they didn't let me stand or anything yet. I could do things on the bed though. So I changed position and all that. And then, and the doctor came and checked a couple of times. And once they checked, then I know that, okay, it's now two centimeters, four centimeters. So then when I hear these things, it gives me courage and one, yeah, the, but every time they check, still there is that risk. Every time they check, there's this risk of infection. And, and then at one point, I think because of pitocin, because of, I was really tired too. I only had one meal and that's the meal that I like. They, before they took me, before they admit me, I just went and quickly ate something. Otherwise... I know that I won't be able to eat. I did take honey in with me and I did have have some honey, but that's about it. And then I tried to drink as much water as possible. And I was on my own. I was trying to think of the waves coming in and out. And for me, what really got me through each contraction is counting. Like breathe in and focus on the number one number two, number three, number four, breathe out, number one, number two. I like, I was just so focused on the number. (laughs) 
that, but that, that, that and the waves, but the numbers really helped me even more so than the waves. Okay. And then, and then once the doctor checked and that the head is already in like already quite low, then I asked if I could be stopped, if the pitocin can be stopped. So they said, okay, that was so, also very, so generous of them. And so I took off all the IV and everything. And then I tried to stand and then, but still, oh, it was really challenging. It was, oh, I want to grab, I want to grab something, but like the bed moves and that, <laughs> it, it doesn't, nothing is know, stable. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like, to hold on something tight and then at one point I asked if I can take a hot bath and the nurse helped me and they say yes but only five minutes but it was really interesting that they would allow that oh wow and I took a warm bath but I don't know maybe it was too yeah not warm bath sorry warm shower and yeah maybe warm bath might be better but because my water broke yeah. so that is not an option for me. I was thinking that the fact that they allowed you to do a bath I'm like wow that's yeah but shower <laughs> okay that makes sense that makes sense yeah shower yeah okay but that, that for me that didn't help and I had I had this while I was in labor, I had this prayer on the prayer for the for the pregnant expectant women. mothers. Yeah, expectant mother. So I had this chanting playing over and over again. So for me, that was a really like spiritual atmosphere while thinking about numbers. And then it got it just went worse and worse. And until I I wanted medication because I was starting to have fever. And then I thought that I won't be able to do if I thought I was so tired that I couldn't do yeah, that I couldn't take it. So then Hmm. I did took medication that I did take pain meds. And I cannot remember exactly, but it numbs you down. And after I took that, I just felt like I just felt unconscious of myself but the only thing that I could be conscious of was the pain (laughs) I wanted the pain gone (laughs) it just numbed me from everything else but the pain yeah and I was yeah I was and then every time when I and then they had me laid down on bed right and then I pulled the side of the bed and then that side of the bed keeps like keep breaking (laughs) and the nurses were like please don't do that you will fall down you'll fall over and then I'm like I won't I need it and then (laughs) they're like be careful and all that and then I said I know how it works I know how to control it (laughs) (laughs) oh and then I was so thirsty after that they didn't let me drink or eat anything but then I asked for ice chips and they gave me, I was really sweet and I wanted more and more. And then they said no more. Yeah. And so I, I was just there. That was like one, I think my friend pointed out like that there was one, one part that I was just in so much pain, but I was, I got up on the bed and I, I tried to bend myself down to, to help the baby to move like even like down. Yeah. And then I tried to like, what do you call that, squat on the bed. And then I was, my friends said, I just said, yeah, Mahalapa. <laughs> <laughs> on the bed and yeah. 
And then at that point, I was... My uterus is hurting right now at the at this moment. Like my uterus hurts. Like I can, I feel, I feel like my uterus is just like, no, no, don't you ever have babies. <laughs> and then, um, so, so my daughter, uh, my doctor came in. And she I'm like said, sweating a little bit right now. I'm sweating. Like I'm genuinely sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then the doctor came in and I was at, like earlier on, I was at eight centimeters. And then she, then she came again and I was still at eight centimeters. And then the doctor said that I will give you up until this time, I think six o'clock or something like that. And if you are still at eight centimeters, we would have to do a (gasps) C-section. Oh, at that point, there is another pain medication, a, a pain med, which is the, you can breathe uh, in. The, oxygen, yeah. Nitric yeah, oxide or something like that? Something, yeah. And at that point, I... Laughing gas, I think it is called. Yeah, yeah, laughing gas. Yeah. So I, my friend, the friend that has been on the phone with me all night long and giving me like advice and courage and... Like encouragement. Suddenly, I was like, I need another pain med. I need it. And then she was like, Are you sure? And all that. And then I said, Yeah, I will call another friend. Because at that point, I didn't, I felt like I didn't want to disappoint her if I take medication. I felt like I'm disappointing myself or I'm disappointing her because she's been with me this whole time and really encouraging me to not to take it, not to take it. You can handle it. And so then I hung up from her and then I called that, my friend who was the sister. And then I said, they would give me up until this at this hour and then they would do a c-section can you come here i asked her can you come here and try to be with me try to come inside and be with me do whatever you can do covid testing everything please just come and be inside with me and so then and then i took the laughing gas and I just breathe and breathe. And actually the laughing gas helped more than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was high, like I was high. And I, yeah, I probably not felt, but I was probably high. <laughs> and I've never tried drugs before. And so it's a weird sensation for me. And I, but at that point I was like, I was just addicted to it. And I want more and more of it because otherwise it hurts so much. And then I called, I called my, my, my friend. And then I was like, I was laughing and I was like, I feel like an animal, (laughs) this drug. But then she said that she didn't understand me at all. My voice was like, And it was so difficult to talk. It was like that. So then what she did was that she immediately, she drove out of her house. She came to the hospital and on the way, she said she was saying this prayer, the tablet of Amma. And she was just reciting that prayer like in the car. And then what came to her mind was to go and visit her doctor. Her doctor is a, a professor at that university. 
and her doctor delivered her previous sons and she's one of the most well-known doctor for natural birth that all the expats will go to and all that so then she then she went that is that she there's another hospital connecting to each other one part of it is where the students learn right and where i i was and then another part is the part that it's a private part of it so it's the same doctor but like for private practitioners then people will go to but it's right next to each other so then she asked the security guard that there's an emergency and she needs to visit this doctor and usually they don't let anyone in but that day the security guard let her in and then but he said that you cannot go up you can only go there but she went to the elevator and then she tried to to go up and then she got stuck in the elevator then she called my husband and then my husband came and then she was able to get out and then she went up and she went to the back where the staff where the medical staffs walk in and out because everything was closed it was 6 o'clock in the morning and then she said that there's an emergency i need to my my sister is here can i talk to this doctor then the nurse rang the doctor That was another like miracle. The doctor rang. The nurse rang. The doctor didn't pick up. She was like, "Oh my god, this is probably the end of it." And then after a while, I think either the nurse rang the doctor again or the doctor rang back. And then she spoke to her and told her everything how I got, how I came all the way up here from Bangkok and how I have I really want to do this. and could the doctor just go and check if she has any chance then the doctor say okay i'll go down and check and then the doctor came and then came into the room and that's where i was now and then the doctor came and the doctor said that yeah your sister called me the your sister has already told me about everything and then now the nurses were like yes she has been like she has been really fighting and like she has yeah like it's really the nurse used the word like, pity her you know, <laughs> she had, and and then the doctor said okay let me check and she asked me the baby the first c section and this baby which baby is bigger and i said the first one is bigger and that's because i don't know exactly how big he is but the ultrasound and just i felt like i was bigger at that point then she said that let me to take a look she used the ultrasound and then she looked inside and then she said it's eight and then she said okay let me see if i can and then she did something inside and she said okay it's nine now okay i think you can do it and then suddenly when she said that there were so many doctors in the room there were like students in the room then another doctor who is the professor but for my case came in and then he was like come we can do this and he was the sweetest he was like an angel doctor come <laughs> so sweet oh you can do it yes you can like it's a little bit more let's yeah we can do this and and i think there were about like 20 30 people in that room at that wow. point <laughs> support around system it. sorry that's a real support system right there 
Yeah, and everybody was like so supportive. You and had an audience, like, really. You had an audience like you do singing and acting, <laughs> but having birth. Yeah, yeah. And so at that, then the doctor then helped me and then it was 10. And then he told me to push and then to breathe and then push and then I push and then... Oh, so when the nurse was going like nine, you were, doctor, she was... That's the, oh. the professor, the other one that my my friend went. Get. So he checked, okay, got it. it was, so he was saying it's nine centimeters. That's what he was touching. It wasn't the size of the baby. It was like nine no. pounds or... Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. got it, got it, got nine. it centimeters yeah and then so dilated so then, nine but, centimeters yeah then it and then when then that doctor then left and then the professor the guy then continued from there and then so it was 10 and then he asked me to push and then the same thing that the head was on the pelvis like was like not exactly in mm. the it's not quite there. It's a little bit like shifted. On the side, yeah. My first my first daughter, right? My, they just my like that corner. They just like that corner of your hip. They're like, hmm. <laughs> and then, then he asked me to push and it didn't, it came down more, but not yet. And then I was really tense and it went back inside. He tried to massage the inner part of it. I was squeezing too much and oh, oh, before that, when I, when the lady nurse came in, I was like still with that laughing, yeah. And then and the doctor, the guy doctor said, you should stop it, I, too much <laughs> is not, and I was like, no, I mean, <laughs> it's not good for your baby. Your baby would come out and be a little bit, what do you call that? Not, happy and energetic but uh, drowsy uh-huh, drowsy uh-huh. yeah and so he stopped that I was in so much pain and I was like I need something and I was tense and then finally he decided that he needs to help me and use the vacuum to to help me to assist me and vacuum so, in the vagina to suck suction the baby out and so then he did that and then and then so he had to cut the what's that? The, the labia, the side of the v- vagina, to like the back, open up. Yeah, the anus. Pre pro. Yeah, something before the anus. There's a in right. Okay. So that part. So he had to cut it a little bit, and then still I was really I wasn't relaxed, and so I was really tense, and so he had to cut a bit more to try to get the suction to help. And then what was really encouraging for me was that he would say that just one more push, you're almost there, just one more push. And then he was saying this for about 10 times. (laughs) (laughs) It means so much. Yes. At that point, if he had said, no, this, no, you need maybe three more pushes. And one more push, it makes a lot of difference. If you know that this is just the last time, you have that courage to go on. But yeah, and then just, and then I was so tired. It was already like an hour, I think. But it felt like, it felt really fast. But because my, I didn't know that my phone was still on with my sister. Yeah, so yeah, my yeah. phone was on and they were listening to. Oh, wow. Wow. And, 
and then yeah so so then i said i cannot do this anymore i went i said exactly the same thing i said please cut me yeah i cannot do this anymore and then the doctor was like yes you can the doctor said yes you can do it mm. and then it's so much different <laughs> right but i have experience with two doctors too and then finally the, i yeah, especially I if you've come like all the way from a different city to do that like you want to make sure that you're successful and you actually get what you want because just that little bit of patience will get you there but yeah I'm, yeah but at that point you're too you're yeah, you're just you've had enough like, i would been over a day right and <laughs> i didn't for two nights before that because of this this, oh. this leak right this oh yeah that's right smoothly yeah and so then the doctor then said okay one last time and then i pushed and it was the perfect one i relaxed and i pushed and then the baby came out the doctor later on told me that the one of his assistants was saying that can you hear the sound there was a little bit of the air sound coming out and then the doctor said yes you can hear it and that means the vacuum is about to come off of the baby's head and if that has happened that's it that's the end of it so they can't put it back on no no yeah so the doctor said that at that point that was the last that was the last one that he also he before that one he asked the nurse to prep the chicle room oh wow and then it was and then i was able to push him out and then yeah and it was amazing it was just like bloop <laughs> and then he came out yeah confetti out my gosh, my whole body is like tense as well. Like I'm like focusing on my breath as well. Like as I'm listening to the story. Yes! Success! Success! You got what you wanted, mama. But it's not happy yet. So once baby came out, mm. he didn't. And so I was like, oh, I didn't hear his sound. Oh, is he okay? Is he okay? Is it because I didn't? come in earlier is it because of me mm. what is he okay i was just praying and then at that point i just texted oh and then not yet i haven't texted i just heard a cry but a soft cry and then after that they didn't let me see the baby and then i already think that okay there's something wrong i just don't know what and so when i was delivering babe the baby i also had fever 38 uh, and that's not a Sorry, good what, sign that's what a, was that what was the thing before you 38 celsius uh -huh. celsius okay yeah celsius. yeah so it's not a good sign so it's a sign it's one sign it, it's one indication of like infection um, and then baby came out and also he was in like breathing he got the app score what is it what the score of from baby when they come out it's nine out of ten so it wasn't like ten and then they decided that they need to put a ventilation a ventilator on him mm. and 
So then they took him. I didn't see him. And then at that point, I was just, what have I done? Did I make the wrong choice? Is this what has happened? And then I texted everyone that I can think of. I texted all the friends in the Baha'i communities, like in the group. I asked them for prayer. And then I asked the friends in Haifa for prayers. Mm. I asked friends at the house in Cambodia to pray. I asked like everyone <laughs> to pray. And then I didn't know what was going on with him. I didn't know. And then they took him to NICU. And then, okay. And then it was me on my own. They were doing the, the placenta first and then yeah. they stitch it. And then I went up to the room, rested, and finally they said that the baby's fine. The baby can breathe on its own and everything. And, oh, okay. When I was in labor, when I was like at a very difficult time, when it was eight centimeters, I thought of all the people who has passed away onto the next world. Ooh. And I, I thought of my grandma, who my I have never met. <laughs> it was my from my dad's side. I thought of my grandpa from my mother's side. And then my cousin. And then I thought of one friend. I knew he was sick, but he was still alive at that point. And then when I went and I was in the room resting, I saw... Sorry. Yeah, I saw in the message that he has passed away. Mm. so yeah for me that was I yeah I just felt like there was a connection that are so connected and then later on my doula my doula was like putting it in this con this connection like she she's not a believer of any faith but she said that it is a wonder that when that it's, it seems like it's between worlds, right? Like one is coming into earth, like coming mm. like to live and another going. So it's a transition. And yeah, it was the same day. So that was, yeah, I thought, okay. And then I was praying again, praying. <laughs> Everybody was praying that the baby would be okay and then finally he was okay but it, i couldn't meet him because of the restrictions covid restrictions and because i was in a public hospital and then it was difficult they had a really strict policy and then i couldn't meet him even though he was okay so i didn't get to see him until the fourth day oh wow the doctor and they fed him like with formula and stuff or you were pumping and breastfeeding yeah, I was pumped. So he, my friend and the doula continued to discuss with the doctor in Bangkok, who's a, like a peat doctor. And then he said that it's so normal for children to come out and they couldn't breathe on their own. They just need some time to adjust. That's all they need. Mm. And that it's very unlikely that he is infected, that he's had an infection. So then, so they were doing culture and up to day three the culture is still like nothing comes out of it yet 
and usually within 72 hours you should the result is pretty sure mm -hmm. but they wanted to see for seven days mm -hmm. and then at that point i was going to take the baby out of the hospital because because he probably doesn't have it and that and then how can they not let the baby be, be with me like I was in so much grief I was just so sad my my daughter at home I haven't seen her for days and I cannot see her and so I have to leave one one daughter behind and then another son I cannot see her see him either so I was with no at that point and really difficult being in the hospital and, and no one else could come to see you either your husband couldn't come to see you my husband could be with me yeah so I just left my daughter with the nanny I brought her with me to Bangkok uh, to Chiang Mai and so then the doctor asked me and okay another thing is they why they want to keep him there is because they want to keep him antibiotics they already have been giving him antibiotics and so I also want to put him I didn't want him to have any more antibiotics and but the doctor doesn't think that is wise wait so the antibiotics were they suspected that he had an infection and they were trying to prevent yes. it he didn't have yes. any signs or symptoms of anything antibiotics for what for cold so the only in the only symptom that they suspect okay two things one is because I had fever you I had, had a fever. fever got it then two is because right when he came out his breathing wasn't so consistent got it and so you were you put on antibiotics as well yes yes oh, I see yeah. But then also, I was, I used the medication, the pain meds so much. Yeah. So that is also another factor that could affect the child's breathing too. Yeah. And that's what the doctor warned me, right? To stop using it. And yeah, but I was a drug addict at that point. Now is um, not the time to go back and to find the reasons why something happened. But it's as if you're just trying to find something to blame yourself with and trying to say that, oh, there's something that I could have done. No, like these things are not really, you wouldn't have even yeah. made it that far if you didn't like alleviate some of the pain and and then so then by then so the doctor decided that I should be that they didn't want me to take her out of any hospitals I was going to take her home and I demand to to see my child I didn't get to hold him what's that about and so finally they let me nurse him and then I went to then I decided then to transfer to the private part of the hospital. And that's where I can be with him and I can nurse him. But he, the doctor still wanted him to be on antibiotics for seven days, for another four days. And so I transferred to another hospital. And by on the fifth day, the culture results should have come out. And if by the fifth day, it doesn't come out, uh, yeah, it doesn't come out, that means he's not infectious. And so then I waited until day five. And then 
on on the fifth day. Then I ask, has the culture result come in? He said, not yet. It will come in later. And then at that point, I asked, I walked into the room. I asked my husband, I am going to take our baby out and we will sign that we will take all the responsibility. Hmm. Do you agree? And he said, yes, go ahead. So I went and I said, I am bringing my baby home today and I will sign anything. So I signed everything and then half an hour later, I took him home <laughs> and then stopped the antibiotic. And then, yeah, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. After seven days, they called me. They said he's, he doesn't have any infection. So he got antibiotics for nothing. Yeah, he's, Were he's they big. insisting like for him to finish the antibiotics? They were like, yeah, they really insisted. And I think I was prepared to fight with the doctors who deliver the babies, right? But I wasn't prepared for after. And yeah, that, and I think that the kids are even harder because they work with children, with delicate babies, newborn. And so they are very... They don't want to risk anything. They're That's even true. more. So I think to also know that is important for, for mm-hmm. pregnant women too. Yeah. yeah. And so I really did a lot of research even within that time that my, like he was in NICU and then, and then we were together before I was able to bring him home. Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> yeah, I, story. I mean, yeah, I, I named him, we had five names in mind for him, but right after I delivered him and that, I, the name that I just had that right name in my mind, which means remembrance of God mm-hmm. and his name is, so I thought that was the perfect name. For his him name was what? Sorry. Zach. Zach. Yeah. And so like all the journey all along. I have been like really dependent on prayers and inspirations from above. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is three podcasts. This is like the first (laughs) is just the before the birth. Then it's like the birth itself. And then it's after the birth. Like what happened? This is so crazy. I'm like, I really (laughs) love this because I don't think there's going to be like many like birth stories of VBACs in Thailand in such detail for people. So I think I'm so happy that we have this to be able to like share with other people. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with any of the listeners? Yeah. So maybe I think what my, my doula suspect is that at the amniotic fluid, yeah. It might have it when they tested and then they didn't see that it was amniotic fluid is because in the uterus that the it might be a leakage at the top. So it, when the, it bursts, it can burst anywhere, right? But yeah. It, at the top. So it keeps on leaking. Yeah. From the top, got it. Like a fountain. Yeah. Yeah. So there are gushes, but it's not like droop and all and... Yeah, and so that's why when they didn't see it, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I've actually never thought of that. Like, 
amniotic fluid like popping from the top. What would cause a pop like that? Like a child like kicking? Is that why? I don't know if they. Yeah, I. Interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not squeezing. sure. Yeah, probably that would. That makes the more, most sense to me, but I've never, I never even thought experimented that sort of it not popping on the bottom. But yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That would be possible. All right, my love. Thank you so much for all of this. What a service to humanity in sharing your birth story in such detail. And for all moms, I think, I feel like anyone who wants to give birth, like this is just a really wonderful like breakdown of the before the during and the after. I mean, of course, everyone else's experience, everyone's experience is different. And for not like for people not to lose hope, but if something that I really admired in you that you were pregnant, you were actually so far along when I spoke to you, you were actually already in Chiang Mai when we spoke, and you had already come there and you were I don't know if you're comfortable with me sharing this, but you were like pregnant women are vulnerable to begin with, but you were like emotionally in a vulnerable state as well. So I just, my heart was out to you that you were in such a vulnerable situation, but then also still so adamant and strong about what you wanted your goal to be. And for me, just listening to you, it was like, I was just like, really trying to really wanting to cheer you on and being like that spirit of really sticking your foot in the ground and being like no this is it even though there was ups and downs in the story of course like I don't think anyone even in any success stories doesn't have a point in time where they want to give up and want to just be like no so yeah I feel like there's so much that can be learned from the story I was just like especially when you were sharing about your friend passing away that's where it got me to and that something that I just wanted to share with everyone is that I might have shared this with you before too in our call I can't recall but there was a rabbi I was listening to and I was really trying to find a rabbi on YouTube that I could feel that like in spirit really imbibed the faith, like a spiritual, like the truth of spirituality. And I really, I found this guy and I really resonated with him. And he was talking about a verse of the Bible. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, nothing will alarm me. Like, and you are with me or something like that. I'm probably butchering the Bible. Apology to the Christian friends here. But he was saying that really the valley of the shadow of death is the birth canal and it is the birthing process it doesn't surprise me at all that you said that you thought of all the people in the last in the previous world because likely your life was probably at risk at that level where it could go either way that's why i think you saw But also what he was saying in that moment was that it is not possible for the mother or the child to go through the valley of the shadow of death without God being present with both of you for this process to happen. Even though we talk about that it's a natural process and all of these things, of course, 
but it never like negates the fact that God was always there. And that's actually one of the reasons why in so many spiritual scriptures, it can be like, you cannot deny God because neither you nor your baby would have passed the valley of the shadow of death had it not, had God not been there with you. Mm, and so the yeah. fact that you said that you were saying that it was at eight centimeters, it was at the most difficult time that this happened. And this is when you thought of all the people who have passed into the next world. Yeah, that was that valley of the shadow of death right there. And what a beautiful moment that you remember that because you saw all the people in the next world. And so this mystery of the womb world, the Baha'i writings, we have the quote, like, the next world is as similar or like as close as, as like the life vein, but also like the qualities that we build in this world are for the next, the way a baby grows its arms and legs and the stomach of the womb of the mother and comes into this life and actually uses the arms and the legs and the and the sight and taste and smell and, or whatever like us too like being here in this lifetime like really developing those spiritual qualities i feel i mean there's just so much mystery with the whole process of birth and death and its connection that like i didn't I was not aware that you were going to share this story, but as soon as you shared it, like even before you said it, I was crying. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what happened, but I'm like, oh my gosh, because I was thinking about this valley of the shadow of death. And that's exactly what to me it was. So I just wanted to share that with people because I've spoken to several women who were pregnant before and they were really scared giving birth. And this this sort of piece of information really helped them to know that they were not alone. Even in certain hospitals, they had regulations and stuff like that, that they don't know whether or not their husbands would be able to be there. But knowing that God was always going to be there in that process for both of you, both you and the baby, I think that, that was like priceless. Oh my gosh. Yeah, after after I had him at home with me, at at one point, um, you like have you been on pilgrimage before? Yeah. So like when we go on pilgrimage, we feel like our spirit is so high up and it's so close to the Alpha Kingdom, right? We, and like in one evening that I was with my son after we got home, then. That's how I felt like, I felt as if I was on pilgrimage. I felt my spirit was just so high up there. Because literally you were there. <laughs> let me, let, he's crying now. Let, let me bring him. I think everybody should get to see. Yeah. <laughs> all been through. Yay. Oh my gosh. Let's give a round of applause guys. Oh, for this mother and child of the ordeal that has been. It's funny that when I, in the beginning of the podcast, when I was sharing that, oh, the challenges that were coming from this and all, I was not aware of all the latter challenges at all. So this is all new information for me. 
but this is insane. Like what a story to witness and have the privilege of hearing really your full birth story. He really looks like your husband, Matt. Well, this is Zach. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Mommy has been with us for a while talking about only you. Only you. Yeah. He's much better now that he has mommy. He's a big baby. (laughs) That's all he needs. Four months old. Wow. (laughs) He's a man now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so I delivered at 78 hours after my water broke. Oh, geez. That's, you need to go into research papers now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. On the 19th, on the oh. 19th of <laughs> June. Wow. What a good number. 19th. <laughs> you got one nine in your birth chart, baby. Yeah. Look at him. He's like just been looking at me the whole time. So focused. Mm. You feel safe now that you're in mommy's hands? Yeah. 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 Mommy went through a lot to birth you naturally, babe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. All right, we will end the podcast here and join us on the at www.yogaavikman.com forward slash yam blog to comment and to share your story in your own country, wherever you are. This is going to be the time where sharing is caring. So do feel free to share your own story as well. We're out, guys. Oh, my gosh. If you guys have made it to the end, I applaud you. I applaud you. This is like real talk. We need the full pregnancy story and the whole process. All right. Sending love to you, my love. Bye, Zach. Love you. Bye. All right. Sounds good. Bye, everyone. Bye. I hope you guys sighed a relief with me. when she said everything was okay with the baby and all these things and after birth my gosh literally my butt cheeks were sweating after that story (laughs) too much information guys but hey what can you say when you're like so invested in your mamas oh my gosh this was amazing i'm really happy to actually share with you guys one of the mama's very own experience and how we have progressed and since the initial interviews of the mama comfort toolkit actually many of our mamas have actually gotten pregnant the second time and some of them have even given birth the second time after that so it's really amazing to just really be a part of your journey it is the most beautiful thing for me to hear when you guys get pregnant how you guys feel during your pregnancies and all of that it's really just amazing actually fun fact even before all of the mama comfort toolkit interviews 
Yoga Avik Kumar's main focus was pregnancies. And what we did was we actually interviewed six to seven pregnant women. And so our original thing was pregnancies. I worked at an obstetric and gynecology hospital for six months in the south of China. And I observed about 25 births. So this is like one of my favorite things of life to actually be a part of watching or being a part of the birth of a child. It's like one of the most precious things. I can't even tell you how amazing it is. I wrote a blog on our YAM blog. Um, if you want to hear of one of the stories of the first delivery that I observed in the surgical ward, it was a C-section. It did not go well. All the other ones went well, but the first one I observed did not. So if you want to hear the experience of that or read about it, I have one on the blog. I think it's called My First Experience of Breath. And I think I've also made like a YouTube video of the first breath of life or my first medical chronicle or something it's called. Medical Chronicles in the hall <laughs> when she was working at the hospital. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed that and I will see you guys in the next episode.